Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We're happy tonight to have Brother and Sister Blackman with us, and uh, we have been looking forward to this for several weeks. A few weeks ago, I received a text message from a good friend that pastors in Ohio, and uh, just we're, we're very, very kind about Brother and Sister Blackman and their service there. We're happy they're with us tonight, and uh, we appreciate missions, and we appreciate the fact that some are willing to go. Amen. They're willing to get under the burden of that, and we just want to, them to know that they're among friends, and let's just welcome them. Can we do that? In Jesus' name, Brother Blackman. Hallelujah. You may be seated. It is wonderful to be with you in the house of the Lord tonight. Uh, there's no other place this side of glory that I'd rather be than in the house of the Lord praising that God, amen. I mean, one day we'll be in glory. We won't have to worry about it, but, but until that day, as long as I'm here, as long as I'm, I'm still walking upon this earth and sucking in air, I'd rather be in the house of the Lord praising God, amen. It is wonderful. There's nothing else on this earth like it than to just be in the presence of God. Hallelujah. I do want to take time to, to give honor to your pastor and his wife and this wonderful church. Uh, it is, it's amazing, you know, just feeling the presence of God here and the hospitality that we've already experienced being here because uh, we're staying here. We, we didn't have to go very far for service tonight. <clears throat> and I do want to, I do want to give, give him my, and all of you, our heartfelt thanks because we truly do appreciate it. We appreciate the hospitality and these are, these are wonderful people, amen. I know, I know this church didn't just, this don't just happen uh, because everything rises and falls on leadership. If your pastor wasn't a good pastor, I assure you this church, everybody would have split. <laughs> everybody would have been gone. But it's beautiful seeing all, all of y'all here tonight. Uh, it, speaks, it speaks for him, amen. Even if, I, even if I didn't know him, which we have just met, uh, that in itself would, would speak volumes. Amen. And so I do, I do give honor to him and to this church. I'd like to invite my wife up at this time. Uh, I'm Logan Blackman. This is Hannah, my wife. We were recently appointed to Guinea, West Africa, a nation of about 12.4 million people. We're the first resident missionaries to, to live there. We were just appointed at General Conference. We haven't had the opportunity to live there yet. I'll let my wife tell you a little bit more about that. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I'm not as tall as my husband, so I'm going to move that down so you can see me real good. I want to echo what my husband said in saying that we're so thankful to be here. Uh, today we had a nice little picnic out on the lawn. It was so nice just to be able to relax and enjoy some sunshine. And we've been up north in negative 550 million degree temperatures. <laughs> and I was freezing. This African southern girl was cold. So it's good to be back in the south 
And I'm so thankful for the washer and dryer. Y'all, I've been washing everything. I didn't know if it needed washing or not, but I was just washing it because we were by a washer and dryer. So I don't know if it's dirty or not, but it's getting washed. (laughs) I thought about throwing him in, but I figured that wouldn't be such a good idea. So... (laughs) But we are so thankful to be here. We are, as my husband said, Logan and Hannah Blackman. We are appointed to Guinea, West Africa. We have a table set up in the back. We do have a few things for sale, some coasters, coffee mugs, pictures. So if you'd like to stop by after service and kind of see what we have going on, even if you just want to see some pictures or if you have any questions, we would love to, I would love to hug your neck and thank you for allowing us to be here and uh, maybe share a little bit more with you about Africa. We do have project funds that we're raising. We're working on our airfare. We can have all the BIMs raised, but if we can't get there, we're going to be up a creek without a paddle, as they say. So how you can help us with this is for $1, you can buy one mile of our airfare. And maybe you say, you know what, this month's a little tight, it can't help you. But maybe next month or in a couple of months you might be able to. We have these pretty green forms in the back. You can take one home with you and give at your convenience. If you don't have cash with you tonight and you'd like to give electronically, we do have ways that you can do that. So just come see us in the back. Maybe you can give 50 cents half a mile. Maybe you can give $50 for 50 miles. Whatever you can do is... It's the Lord who's going to give the increase, and we will be greatly appreciative of that. More than anything, more than I want you to come look at my pretty pictures, and more than I want you to come take my green form or put something in my gold jar, I would like for you to come to the back and take a business card with you. Because if you'll take this home with you, you'll put it in your Bible, you'll put it on your refrigerator, you'll put it in your car, and you'll remember to pray with us. You can't come with us physically, but your prayers can go before us spiritually and break chains that have been in this country for thousands of years. And a little bit of darkness that enters into Guinea, West Africa, is going to spark an ama- a little bit of light, I'm sorry, that enters Guinea is going to spark an amazing revival and God's going to do great things, but we need your prayers. Your prayer support, as much as we need your financial support, is what's going to make it happen, amen? We are your hands and feet. We're an extension of you spreading the gospel in Guinea, amen? I just have a few short testimonies that I want to leave you with this evening. What does it mean to be a missionary, and what do you do when you're a missionary? Sometimes you hear of missionaries going and building wells and building schools, and yes, we do all of those things, but there are some spiritual things that take place, and that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about this evening. My husband, before he and I were married, lived in Togo, West Africa, and he lived in a guest house, which is a lot like an apartment complex. If you just kind of imagine the two, it's basically the same thing, except there was a wall all the way around it just for security, so it was kind of, kind of, it's a negative word in America, but in Africa, it means protection. It was kind of a compound, um, but not like the creepy ones that you're thinking of. It was, it was for protection. You want everybody to know this is my land. Don't come take anything off of it because if it's out in the open and somebody wanders off with it, finders, keepers, and losers. So <laughs> you want a wall. <laughs> you want that protection. So he lived in that guest house, and there was a young man there by the name of Frank who was the janitor. And Frank just had such a friendly, open, loving spirit. And through Frank's willingness just to be so helpful, he and my husband became friends. And as they became friends, my husband started giving him a Bible study. And Frank saw the revelation of Jesus' name, baptism. And and Frank was baptized, and Frank was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we give God all the praise for that. A couple of months later, I had the privilege to meet Frank personally. And over there, you're all kind of brothers and sisters. You're just one big happy family. And in meeting Frank, he started telling me his testimony. And he said, Sister Hannah, 
He said for years and years and years and years, people would come through this, this compound, as we call it. And it's a religious-based place. That they're a Bible translation group that started it. And he said they would tell me, Frank, God's got a plan for you. Frank, God wants to do something in your life. Frank, God's so big, he's going to use you. Frank, God's going to do something with you. And he said, nobody ever told me what that meant. And he said, I was left wondering, what do you want to do, God? Who are you, really? He wasn't explained more perfectly the way that he should go. And he said, it wasn't until the missionary came and started opening the word of God to me and started explaining what it means to be a child of God that I got the true revelation of what God really wanted to do in my life. This is a picture of Frank's baptism. And I like to show it to you because this is what it looks like when you finally find what you've been looking for after years of searching. Let me tell you, church, people are tired of praying prayers that don't get them anywhere. They're tired of religion that doesn't work. They're tired of burnt up, dried up, dead church. They want something that's going to change their life. They want something that's going to bring deliverance into the darkness they've been living in. And that's what Frank found. And aren't you thankful that in the year 2018, right here, we have the privilege and the ability to live in that truth that we're so thankful and we hold so dear. We're not searching, we're not hungry, but we're filled because he has done the work. Aren't you thankful? Amen. One more short testimony I'd like to leave with you. We are appointed to Guinea, but we've never lived in Guinea. We have no missionaries in Guinea. And so there wasn't an opportunity for us to go live there before we were appointed as the full missionaries there. But we were able to make a trip together this past June uh, after we were married this past April, so almost a year. And uh, we made our first trip together in Guinea um, in June. And we went to the capital city of over a million people with no church. And so it wasn't a missions trip, so to speak. It was an exploratory trip. What's it going to look like to live here? What's available? What's housing look like? Can I get a washer and dryer here? Because you already know I love to wash everything. (laughs) What's available in this country? That was what our mission trip, missions trip was about. It's just finding out what does our budget need to look like. I was looking for cheese because I love cheese and we would go through all the supermarkets and I couldn't find any cheese and I was kind of having a mini panic attack because I was like, Lord, I mean, if you don't give me the best house, it's fine. And if you don't give us the best car, you see all the potholes, it's going to kill it anyway. But I, I need a little cheese, okay? And finally, after searching and searching, we walked into this last supermarket and I was headed for the back where they keep the cheese and I was kind of having a, a little prayerful moment. And I was like, okay, Lord, this is the last supermarket. We didn't even know it was here. We just stumbled upon it. And I know it's the promised land. You know, just doing your thing, what you do when you're really just worried and you just want some cheese. There was a whole aisle of cheese and I was so excited and so thankful. It truly is the promised land, amen? But that's what our trip was about. And as we were there, we have one young man who came from the southern part of the country. We have three churches that are all kind of jumbled together in this country of 12.4 million people, three little bitty churches in that southern part. And so he came from those churches to the capital city to go to university. And while he was there, he started Bible studies in his dorm room. And as he started these Bible studies, he called my husband just a few days before we left. And he said, missionary, I know you're leaving in a few days, but I have a young lady and she really wants to be baptized. Can you baptize princess before you leave? Now, remember, we have no church. There's no baptistry. So we're like, sure, bring her on down to the hotel. We'll make sure it's okay with the uh, manager and make sure we can baptize in the pool. 
this is what missionary stories are made of, okay? So I was so excited. And as we were getting ready for this baptism, your flesh kind of starts kicking in, and you realize there's a restaurant right beside the pool, and you're thinking, oh, my goodness, what are these people going to think? What is this going to look like? We're Pentecostal. Y'all already can tell. I'm a loud person. I don't pray quietly. And these people. So we set up the baptism for Sunday morning, and I'm thinking, that's fine. Sunday morning at, like, 9 o'clock, some people might be up and moving around. Some people might be taking a rest day. Maybe everybody's got some type of religion. Maybe they'll go to their churches. Maybe they won't come to this restaurant, right? I mean, that was logical. Wrong. They all wanted to come there, and they all wanted breakfast that morning at the restaurant right beside where we're about to have this baptism. And so we go down for the baptism. Conveniently, the restaurant is under a covering. The pool is not, and it's raining, So the rain that, you know, might have driven the customers home, no, it didn't get to them, just our pool that we're about to baptize in. So now I'm really nervous, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, is Princess even going to show up? But here she comes. My husband takes her, makes sure that she's fully understood repentance, makes sure she has a good grasp on everything that's about to happen. And into the water they go. The little girl that was floating around in the water, Mama jerked her out the pool real quick when we started praying. She didn't know what was about to happen. And they take Princess down in Jesus' name, and as they bring her back up, the Holy Ghost starts moving. And the good little missionary wife that was taking pictures, I don't know what happened to the camera. I lost it. And my shoes came off, and into the water I went, Princess received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in a pool with everybody watching. And this is what's so exciting. God's not bound by my boundaries. It doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what it looks like to me. What matters is what he's willing to do if we'll get out the way and let him work. Amen? Amen. In a city that we're not supposed to have any churches, there's not supposed to be any seed of one God apostolic Jesus name religion there. We have five people that are attending that Bible study now. That sounds like a church plant to me. How about you? Thank you, Jesus. And this is the amazing revival that God is bringing to Guinea. The Bible says, do not despise meager beginnings because he's got a great end for Guinea and he's going to do amazing things. And we believe that 150% or else we wouldn't be going. But thank you for allowing us to come. Thank you for allowing us to share the burden, to share our stories and to share our heart with you. Um, Right now, we're about to share with you just a short little video presentation. You're going to see pictures from Benin. You're going to see pictures from Togo. You're going to see pictures from Ghana. You're going to see pictures from Burkina Faso, places that we've lived, places that we've worked in. Due to the fact that we have not lived in Guinea up until this point, we don't have a lot of pictures from Guinea. We have one video clip that we're going to show you. The very first video clip that's going to pop up is going to be a lady and a a little girl and a man on the drums, and they're going to be singing. That's Guinea. So when you see that, you know that's one of those churches down in the southern region of the country. You're not going to see our faces in the video simply because the country's 85% Muslim. So for security reasons, we kept our faces out of it. These videos end up on YouTube. They end up on Facebook. So just, just to just 
play our play it safe. We kept our faces out of it. I promise you, this man right here took every one of those pictures. We did not go gather a bunch of cute pictures off the internet and make a pretty video presentation for you. These are lives we've been in contact with. These are our friends. These are people we've seen God move in. These are churches that he's preached in, churches that I've danced with the ladies in. This is our heart. This is our home. And this is what we would like to show you. So please worship with us as we watch this video. We enjoy showing that that video, probably because we enjoy seeing it as much as anybody else, if not more. Amen. You know, it's it's kind of like kind of like Grandma when she breaks out the photo album. You know, everybody else sees a bunch of snotty nosed kids, but not Grandma. And that's the way it is when a missionary comes and and we share our video, our pictures, our stories. You know, it's it's different for us because you know we're we're in the place of Grandma. Uh, you know, when you've been involved in in lives and families and and it makes you homesick when you start watching that and so it 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 blesses us amen and we enjoy it and we hope you enjoy it whenever we share part of our burden with you and, and that's what it is we're sharing our burden amen but to share it you have to receive it and I hope you're receiving it tonight I hope you're receiving what we're sharing amen because as she said it's it's the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church that's been the the motto of the UPCI it's been it's it's driving force ever since the inception of our organization has been to, to send the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we're still doing just that because God is still calling. He's still raising up people. He's still equipping people. You know, you, uh, my wife said that, that you can't go with us, but who knows, maybe you'll have your own place one day. You know, God could be calling somebody tonight. I'm that missionary that everybody dreads, you know, God's calling. No, <laughs> no but, but, uh, but who knows? Who knows what God's doing? Because I know God is still calling people. It's not just us that's receiving the call, but God is still calling people, and we need to be a part of that. You know, We need to, to pray and support and, and be there for one another because it is the whole gospel to the whole world, and, and God is doing it. It's his labor. We've just entered into his labor. Amen? And so we're, we're thankful that God has, has allowed us to be a part of his plan that, that we found where God would have for us, and, and we... We truly appreciate the support of, of churches like this that have a heart for missions to say, you know, it's it's more than just these four walls. But whether it's whether it's the next next country over or whether it's the next street over, whatever God has for you, Amen, yeah. Amen. Because maybe you're not planned to to be on on foreign soil, but maybe the next street over is far enough for you. Amen. Because God has a work, God has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. Wherever wherever you're planted, you need to grow. Amen. You need to grow. And God's got a work for all of us. Uh, briefly to tell you a testimony myself, my wife testifies, so I want to testify too. Uh, but just to, to briefly tell you about my first trip to Guinea, uh, because that is where we're appointed to. And my first trip, I wanted to see the, the church. I wanted to see the work, meet the, the ministry because I'd been praying about this country for a while at that time. And, and I wanted to make a trip to the, to the country. I was in West Africa. And so I, I flew over to Liberia and we, we drove up. And I wanted to see the, the buildings. I saw the, the, the mother church, if you will. And I was, we was going to, to see the second building of the three uh, which we've got about 120 to 150 constituents. We had 120 at that time, and I told them, I said, look what Jesus can do with 120. You know, it may be a small beginning, but we're so thankful, you know, that there are people that are, that are hungry to, to do a work for God. Uh, 
but there were there were the three churches. We were on the way to the second building, and it began to rain. It's a it's a very wet country, and it was during the rainy season, and so it, it begins to rain, and it's kind of getting dark. And we we pull up in front of the second one. We hustle through the rain, and and we're we're standing in this small building out out of the rain. And I'm I'm looking at it, and I'm thankful because it's a you know good concrete, got a good roof on it, and. I don't know if you, any of you have ever been in some of these countries, but I've seen some churches that if they make it through the, the rainstorm, they're doing something. And so I was thankful for this building because I was thinking, you know, when I come back, this building's still going to be here. Uh, so I was, I was thankful about that. And while we're standing there, there's some people begin to trickle in. And at first, you know, you're kind of wondering what's going on. Is it just people trying to get out of the rain? But no, it was, it was the members of the congregation had began to, to trickle into the building and they came simply to greet the missionary. They came walking through the rain simply to greet me. And, and it's really humbling, but when you're over there, you're, you're constantly humbled by the heart of the people. And that's the way it is. They, they came through the rain, and, and I'm here, you know, even though I've spent uh, some years in, involved in missions and on foreign soil, uh, I still have that American thought sometimes, you know, if the air's not right, if the heat's not right, people don't show up to church. And here, and here they just walk through the rain just to greet me. And so I, you know, I'm taken aback. And if that wasn't enough, then the pastor comes up and he goes, missionary he said, they want to give you something. They, they want to give you a gift. And I said, they, they already have. They just walked through the rain to meet me. You know, they don't have to give me anything. He said, no, he said, it's, it's, it's the heart of the people. He said, they, they got to give you something. And so he, uh, he pushes something in my hand and, and I look and it's two 5,000 guinea franc bills. And you say ten thousand guinea franc. Well, uh, that's about a dollar and nine cents in our currency. But but for them it was a sacrifice, amen. For them it was a sacrifice, and because it was a sacrifice, again it just hits me in the feels. And because it's more valuable than all the money that was in my pocket, I didn't I didn't rush out and buy coffee with it. But they're in a frame and they're on our deputation table, but they're not for sale. You can buy pretty much everything else on the table, but not those because they don't have a monetary value to me anymore. Uh, and, and it gets you to thinking about our sacrifice to God and how that, that even though he's the God that, that created everything, set everything in motion, and he owns the cattle of a thousand hills, whenever we offer a sacrifice to God, whenever we offer up something to God, even though others may look and say how how minuscule is your sacrifice and even we ourselves sometimes look at our sacrifice and say you know it's it's so unworthy God you've been so good to me you've been so great to me but God looks down and says even though I own everything your sacrifice is of more value than all all the other things that I own and that's the way it is when we offer up a sacrifice to God when we offer it up willingly God willingly accepts that and he says it's something great to me amen and so uh, just to briefly tell you about that because a lot of missionaries can come and we can share our side of the story but I want you to see the other side of the story I want you to see the heart of the people because that's what it's about we're not going for a vacation I can assure you if we were going to pick a vacation spot it'd probably be somewhere in Florida <laughs> but uh but no there's a lot of other places we could go if we wanted to go on vacation but but this is where God has for us and it's the heart of the people that draws us it's the love of the people uh you see, before I ever knew where Guinea, West Africa was, some of you are you know, thinking Papua New Guinea and, and everything else. Even before I knew where Guinea, West Africa was, there were people there already crying out, Lord, send us a missionary. 
You see, that's one thing that struck me when I went and I met the pastor there, the main pastor for the first time, and, and he said, missionary, he said, you're an answer to prayers. He said, we've been praying for years. God, send us a missionary. God, send us a missionary. And even before I knew where Guinea, West Africa was, there were already people there crying out to God, Lord, send us a missionary. Lord, send us a missionary. And it, it, it really hits home because, you know, when, when we... When we accept the call of God, it wasn't just us accepting the call of God. It was simply God answering a prayer. It was just God answering a prayer, and he does that day in and day out. God answers the prayers of people. You know, maybe for us it's another country, but maybe for you it's that neighbor that says, God, send somebody to talk to me. Lord, I need a friend. Lord, I need somebody to encourage me. Lord, I, I need a word today. You know, you can step in that role, and you can help God answer a prayer. Amen. Because God, he relies on us. He works through human instrumentality. And so many times, it's simply just, just us. It's us. And God wants to work through us. Amen. And so we're thankful to be here with you tonight. We're thankful for the support of this church and the love that we feel here. We, we truly appreciate it. Amen. It is wonderful. Uh, and we do appreciate the opportunity to, to share our testimonies and our, our witness uh, the things that we have seen, but also I want to share a word, amen? amen? Are you thankful for the word of God? Yes. And I'm sure some of you will be thankful. I don't believe I'll be long-winded. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to keep it brief, but uh, I am respectful of the time. If you'll stand me, we're going to go ahead and get into the word of God. <clears throat> we're going to go to a very familiar passage of scripture. I'm not even going to bother to turn there in my Bible, and you probably won't even have to either. It's John 3.16. Any of you ever heard of that verse? Maybe you've seen it on a plaque somewhere. Maybe you've, you've heard of it. Uh, goes a little something like, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, God wants to do something, amen. God wants to work, and, and he's already done the work. He's already done the work, amen. If you'll put your Bibles down, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We lift up your name. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice, Lord, for all that you have done for us, Lord. We thank you for your mercy, for your grace, God. Touch us tonight, strengthen us, Lord. Touch me, anoint me, God, to speak your word, Lord. Help us to receive it, and we give you praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Again, it's wonderful being with you in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. This, this is a very simple scripture, but so profound, and, and so that's why it finds its way onto to, to postcards and plaques and paintings and everything else that you can imagine, because we understand about the love of God. Yeah. We understand a little something about the love of God and, and how it's impacting our, our lives personally, and, and so, so that's what I want to talk about a little bit tonight. The title of the message will be Affirming Love, Affirming Love. Uh, there was a man by the name of Gary Chapman who who wrote this book some time ago that this the five love languages, the five love languages. Now maybe some of you other men are familiar with this, but but since that book was written, there were some people that went through the trouble of writing down quizzes where you can take these quizzes that were designed simply for the torture of men like me and maybe a few other in the in the house if you've never had the enjoyment of taking some of these 
personality quizzes. Just see my wife after church, and she'll be happy to help you out with this torture. I mean, this these these wonderful quizzes that can that can tell you what your love languages are and and different personality tests. My wife loves this stuff. I kid you not. Uh, I was submitted to to many torturous tests even before we were married. Uh, but this. <laughs> But Gary Chapman, he wrote this book about the five love languages and, and breaking it down of, of how people uh, have these, the, how they, they respond and how they show affection and their love. And so that's what I'm going to talk about just tonight. And I'm just going to run through them. If you want to take a list, you don't have to take a list. You can look it up. It's, but there's the five love languages. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, thankfully, do not. But the first one I want, I want to talk about is is receiving gifts. That's one, one of the love languages is, is receiving gifts, you know, giving gifts. That, that's a love language. It, it, it speaks to you when, when they give you that, that unexpected gift at that unexpected time. You know, it really, it, it's impacting and I'm not devaluing any of these because they're real. I can, I can attest a lot of these things are real. You know, this man was very educated. I'm sure much more educated than I. But there's, there's something about it, about receiving and giving gifts, you know, that, that shows affection. There's a reason that, that, that pretty much every uh, store, you know, they're, they're centered around holidays and they want you to buy something for your loved ones because there's something about it when you, when you get something uh, for someone else or when you receive something from someone else, you know, that, that shows a sign of affection, it shows a sign of love. And it's the same with our walk with God because all these things, I want to, I want to relate it to our, uh, to spiritual, amen. I want to relate it to our walk with God and, and the things that we receive and the things that we give to God. It's, it's a love language between us and God, amen. The scripture that we read tonight, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That, that's been the story uh, since the beginning. That's been the story that God has, has poured out to us. He wants us to see his love. He wants us to see his desire to have a relationship with his people. Ever since the beginning, when, when man fell in the Garden of Eden and he finds himself in a separated state. It, it wasn't just man that lost something, but God lost something on that day. He lost the relationship that he cherished. He, he lost the relationship, the communion that he had with his creation. And, and although man had decided to walk away from him, God was not willing that, to leave it in that state. God was not willing to leave us in a, in a lost and, and despair, amen, but he was willing to do something. And so he said, he said, you know what, I, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a sacrifice so that I can have that relationship again. I'm so thankful for the sacrifice that God went through just so that he could have a relationship with me, amen. That he was willing to, to show his love by giving us a gift that, that we could never give in ourselves, amen. We, we give things to God. Yes, we give our offerings to the Lord. We, we, we come and we pay our tithes and we give offering and, and we offer up sacrifices of praise and, and we can talk about the different things that we give God and, and, and that's what it's about. It's, it's a two-way relationship, amen. It's not just about us receiving, but I want to let you know tonight that there's things we can offer up to God that, that we need to be showing our love to God because He has first showed us love. It's because God first showed us love that we can show him love, that we can offer up our sacrifices of praise, amen. But God wants to give us his best gifts and so he has given us the very best gift. He, he gave us himself, amen. For he was robed in flesh and he walked upon this earth and, and he died in our place on Calvary. 
And so we, we offer up our offerings. We, we, we bring our offerings to the storehouse. We, we offer up the best that we have to give, or at least that's what we should. And God pours out blessings upon us because he wants to give us gifts. He wants to bless his children. If you haven't received the blessings of God, then you must be new at this and you don't understand that everything you've ever received has been a blessing of God. The air that you breathe is a blessing of God. Everything that you have is a blessing of God. That even when you were yet a sinner, he died for you. That even when we were sinners, he still pours his blessing out even on sinners. You wonder how can, how can sinners be blessed? God still loves them. He still loves them. He loves every one of us. And so receiving gifts is one. The, the second one is quality time. Some just enjoy spending quality time with loved ones. You don't, you don't have to give them anything. You don't have to, to pour out your heart or anything. They just want to spend time with you. They just want to spend time with you. They, they value quality time with loved ones. That's another love language that people, people show and people receive is that quality time that we spend with one another, amen? And God is no different. He wants to spend quality time with his people. He wants to spend quality time with each and every one of us and, and a child of God will, will do the same. They will reciprocate that with the, with the same to their God, amen? That we will, we will come, that, that speaks to me of church attendance, that we'll, we'll take and set time aside and, and it doesn't matter what's going on it doesn't matter what other people want to do if family comes over come to church with me when other things are going on and, and ball games are going on and, and, and maybe that's the only day you have to wash clothes church is more important because I value that quality time with God it's not just our church attendance but, but our study time whenever we take time to to read the word of God and 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 to look in to the face of God amen when we we take time on our knees and we pray and we seek his face and we commune with God that there's something about that quality time that I'm communing with God and and God desires that amen God desires that quality time then there's acts of service or devotion there's acts of service that, that you'll go out of your way to, to do something to make your wife or your husband, your boyfriend, girlfriend, that, that you'll go out of your way to make somebody happy. You do acts of service that, that maybe they were not requested, but you did it just to make them happy. You know it's something that makes them happy, so, so you go out of your way, husbands, wives, to, to cook that meal, to, to wash those clothes, to mow the lawn, to do whatever it is to keep them happy, to make them happy, amen? Sometimes you do it just to keep them happy, but what I'm speaking of is acts of service when you go out of your way, you know, that candlelight dinner at an unexpected time, whatever it is. But it's the same in our walk with God that we do acts of service for him. We do acts of service, we, we go witness for God. We go across the street. We go across the seas. And we do acts of service because we want to please them. We want to make God happy. We want to make God happy. And so, so we're a witness and, and we find ourselves in times of devotion and, and we devote to do things for God that maybe in our flesh it's not pleasing. There's things that it, my flesh doesn't want to do, but I do it because I want to please God. 
It may not make any sense to you, but you do it to please God. You don't understand sometimes why I do or why I need to do this, but you still do it because you know it pleases God. And if it pleases God, then I want to do it because I love God. There's acts of service, or in his case, sacrifice. That he was willing to give us something. He was willing to sacrifice, to go through what he went through so that he could have that relationship with us. He does acts of service. He goes out of his way to make you happy. He does things that you don't even ask him to do. There's so many times that God blesses in ways that we haven't even asked him and we turn around and say, God, thank you for blessing me. And so we, it's a, it's a reciprocating, you know. It goes back and forth between our acts of service to God that, that we, we offer up things to God. So, so whatever it is, you know, the receiving gifts, quality time, acts of service, when we, we separate ourselves from our flesh and, and we sacrifice our own wants, our own desires, and we, we offer up ourselves as living sacrifices to God and, and we ask him to forgive us of our sins and, 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 he, and he does something that we're not deserving of and he takes away our sins by his sacrifice, amen. That blood of Calvary when we're baptized in his name and, and our sins are washed away. The God wants to show us a love that we can never experience. Another, another one is physical touch physical touch that, that there's a need in, in people that, that we have the love that we have physical touch that we embrace one another that there's that physical touch that's a love language that, that speaks volumes and you say well how do you relate this spiritual how do you relate this with God well that's whenever God wants to, to have that relationship with you when he can he can feel you and you can feel him when we're filled with his spirit, I, I relate that with the Holy Ghost. When he comes in and he dwells within you, that, that he's able to, to touch you in a tangible way that you can never experience, that, that, that goes beyond understanding, amen. When we feel his presence fill us, that, that with the spiritual, that is touch. Some people say, well, you can't feel God. Well, you obviously don't have the Holy Ghost because if you have the Holy Ghost, I assure you, you feel God. You feel God. It goes all over you. It goes in every, through every ounce of your being. Amen. But in the garden, God walked with man. But he provided something better for us because now he dwells within man. Before he walked with man and now he dwells within man. God desires a relationship with each and every one of us. He wants to, to fill us with his spirit so that we can walk daily with him, so that we can have a relationship daily with our Savior, amen? And then finally, the, the fifth one, and I saved it for last because this is the reason I, I, I wrote this because I actually received this in prayer today. But the last one is words of affirmation. Words of affirmation, which is very big for a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, they, they need to hear those words of affirmation. They need to hear... The, the, the praise for the things that they do. They need to hear, uh, you know, women need to hear that they're beautiful. They need to hear these things and, and men need to, to hear things as well. We need words of affirmation many times. We, we need to know that we did a good job. We need to know that we're respected. We need to know these things and, and you can't really receive that without 
those words of affirmation that, that you receive that confirmation through just a, a simple phrase, a simple word, a, a, a thank you, a, and I love you. We need those words of affirmation and, and, and that's what I received in prayer today What was, was God just speaking to me saying, you know, there's those words of affirmation that God wants to hear words of affirmation and he wants to, to give somebody a word of affirmation tonight. That, that's what God wanted me to speak tonight was a word of affirmation, amen. I, I spoke all of those other things so that I could get to this point, amen. Because we need to offer up words of affirmation to God. We need to, to offer up our praise and our worship. We come before God with, with singing and dancing and, and we offer up our praise and worship to God because in the service, that's all God receives. When we offer uh, our offerings, God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. When, when, when we ask for prayer, that's because we want to receive things or we're interceding for somebody else. But the one thing in the service that, that God receives is when we begin to praise and worship him, when we begin to lift him up and glorify his name, that's what God receives is, is when we lift up those words of affirmation to God. When we find ourselves in, in prayer with him and, and we offer up words of affirmation. But God offers words of affirmation as well and, and he speaks peace into our life. He speaks in that still small voice in, in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your situations. Maybe somebody is going through all kind of problems tonight and, and you don't know which way to go and you don't know which way is up and which way is down. But God will speak in the midst of your storm and, and God will begin to, to work in your situation. Because I tell you that that I believe that is what God wanted me to speak tonight was words of affirmation into your life. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. I, I don't know what you're dealing with, amen. I don't know your life. I don't know your walk with God. But I know God. I know God. And he wanted me to speak a word of affirmation into your life and let you know that you are loved. To let you know that you are loved tonight. That he wants to affirm that love. He wants you to know that he puts a stamp of approval. That he wants to speak words of affirmation. And sometimes it comes through the foolishness of preaching. That he's chosen the, the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. And, and sometimes he uses just a simple missionary to come with a word of affirmation and, and tell you that, that the things you've been looking for, that they're found right here. That you don't have to look elsewhere. You don't have to look down the road. You don't have to look in another place. You don't have to look in a bottle. You don't have to look in a syringe. You don't have to look in another relationship. But, but it's found in this house tonight. If you're looking for a word of affirmation, if, if you're looking for a sign, if, if you're seeking a word from God, it's, it's in the house tonight. That God wants to show you his love, that, that he's willing to pour out his love on you. Amen. God wants to affirm his love if you'll stand with me tonight. God is wanting to affirm his love in this house tonight. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. You gotta understand this one thing tonight. God desires relationship. God always desires relationship that's the crux of this whole thing is God desires relationship now we're all on different levels 
Maybe you've never been to church before and this is your first service. Or maybe you were born and raised in church and you had the privilege to have a, a heritage. No matter the level, God desires relationship. That no matter how long you've been in this thing, we still need to just keep drawing closer to God to keep showing Him more of our love because He'll continue to show us more of His love. God wants to affirm His love in this service tonight. God wanted me to speak a word of affirmation into your life and, and to speak a word if you, if you were waiting to hear a word and know that you are loved beyond the shadow of a doubt. God is wanting to show His love to you tonight. That He wants to wrap His arms around you so that you can feel His embrace like you've never felt it before. That He'll, he'll just blow that, that calm wind, that wind, that breeze upon you. Amen. That you can feel His presence. These altars are open. If anybody wants to come and pray, if anybody wants to draw closer to God and just say, God, wrap your arms around me, Lord. Let me feel your presence. Let me feel your power, Lord God. Let me feel that love, that peace that passeth all understanding, God. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth, give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. God wants you to know that he loves you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He wants to affirm his love in your life tonight. He wants to affirm his love in your life tonight. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.